0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a uh, wellness Wednesday here at Pure Opelka. Just a little bit delayed. We'll get to Dr. Jorge in just a second. I am watching as as uh, the Dow Jones touched the 22,000 22, mark just a few minutes ago, pulled back, you know, some people took some profits. It's still in positive territory today, the Dow Jones, and uh, I'm just reminded of Vanity Fair editor and MSNBC contributor Kurt Eichenwald and his statement from September 26th of last year when... Kurt Eichenwald wrote on his Twitter account, in preparation for a completely unpredictable Trump presidency, I sold all stocks in my kids' education accounts today. I urge you to do the same. Mr. Eichenwald, (laughs) I wonder how your kids feel. Now, I'm not saying that... uh, that I have complete and utter confidence in the high levels of the stock market. I'm just saying that kind of knee-jerk reaction on either side is rarely a good idea. Rarely. You know, what goes up will eventually slide back a little bit. They're called market corrections. But currently, the market's doing all right under Trump. And a lot of people are making a lot of money. It's just the Eichenwald kids might be going to state schools instead of to... uh, private college. I'm just throwing that out there. Wednesdays, we like to call Wellness Wednesdays because we get our friend Dr. Jorge Rodriguez on the phone. DrJorge.com is where you go if you want to keep up with his exploits and keep it real. Uh, I've known Dr. Jorge now for uh, over a decade, respected his work He's not just an—he's not just a doctor. He he plays one on TV sometimes too, and uh, he's he's also putting his own beliefs out there, trying to make sure if he tells us to be healthy and cut something out of our diets or exercise portion control, he's trying to do it himself. So I I appreciate Doctor Jorge for doing just what he's always done and keeping it real. And um, he was helping somebody. That's why we didn't have him at his usual time. So I'm happy you're here now, sir. You got a couple minutes Thank for you. us, Doc?
2: I do. I do. I'm totally yours.
1: So okay, good. Good. Thanks I, for having me on. Always, always a pleasure. And and if you guys need to know more, as I said, go to drjorge.com. Doctor, yesterday I spent a little bit of time talking about the Queen of England who at 91 years old consumes four cocktails a day. <laughs> I know. And, I think... That's incredible. I mean, I read up on it. She she actually consumes three
2: cocktails before 1 o'clock, right? Some <laughs> gin and Dubonnet. Uh, she then has wine with lunch, and then she ends up with a dry martini before 1. And then she at night she has a glass of champagne, as one should do, right, before going yeah, to so bed. Yes, of course. Home. <laughs> well,
1: it's, they, they say that, that this level of consumption qualifies for – Uh, I guess, heavy drinking, not necessarily binge drinking, but heavy drinking status. Yeah, I I would say so. Um, I would say so. Having four drinks a day.
2: I mean, that's heavy drinking. Um, You know, what's what's interesting is, I mean, I know I think a lot of people and maybe you were implying this, that that might correlate, you know, with the fact that she's 91 and has lived you know, that long Uh, from what I was reading. She has a lot of other peculiar habits, you know, when it comes to her diet, she insists on having a slice of a certain chocolate biscuit cake every day. You know, they make the cake. She'll have a slice of it every day until it's gone. You know, they bring the cake with her when she goes to Scotland or wherever. Uh, She has a little bit of chocolate at night. So, but that, that is a large amount of drinking. But, you know, there are studies that show that up to a couple of glasses uh, for example, red wine a day are good for your heart. Um, uh, but if you ask me um, if this is something that contributes to her longevity, the fact that she drinks this much, I, I think it's more about the fact that she's the queen of England and really doesn't have a lot to worry about. You know, and the daily stresses of life, that may contribute more to her longevity, you know, than, than to her drinking. Wait but a minute. It is, it is a large amount.
1: What about well, heavy, the head that wears the crown, doc? You know, isn't there pressure well, for, or, or do we go with the Mel Brooks assessment? It's good to be the king.
2: <laughs> it's always good to be the king, you know, and if that were a true monarchy, right, where she's the one, you know, that had to, you know, put the laws down and, you know, all that, then, then, then there would be more pressure. But really, the English monarchy, they're basically a figurehead parliament you know, is the one that, that rules, you know, they, they come over to the queen every once in a while and they curtsy and, you know, and, and I, first of all, I love for some reason the monarchy, but come on, they really are not under a lot of stress. They go to public events, you know, they represent uh, the United Kingdom. Um, but when someone moves your cake around as you need it, seriously, your life is not that awful. That, that's just my take on it.
1: Well, so, you know, I hadn't thought about the lack of stress thing, and that is always yeah. a contributing factor in the breakdown of people's physical uh, makeup, and, and stress does a, a lot of bad things to us. Yeah. So I guess you're yeah. right. But if you watch The Crown, that series on, uh, what was it, Netflix? Yeah, I loved or it. Yeah, loved them, it. Mm-hmm. yeah d- it wasn't an easy gig in the 50s and 60s for the Queen. No. It was
2: kind of tough. No, I- it was, and then again, she was in her 20s when she became queen. It was during World War II, um, you know, and of course she had Winston Churchill there to, to help her, you know, to, to teach her. But, you know, there, there are many things. There's, you know, genetics, uh, you know, she probably has the best health care, you know, that, that money can buy. So so there are a lot of factors. I don't begrudge anybody having a couple of drinks, um, You know, a day, maybe she naps after she gets drunk at one o'clock. I don't know. I mean, there are studies that show that taking a two-hour nap every day also, you know, um, helps your longevity. So a lot of the older, more established cultures, you know, like the Hispanic culture, the Latin culture, the Italians, the Greeks, they all take naps. And it's been shown that that definitely helps you live longer, you know, to sort of recharge and then get back to it.
1: Well, Elizabeth Hello. certainly is a, a good example of long life at 91, and, and maybe—I yeah. don't think she gets drunk. I think she just gets a little buzzed, and like maybe you said, she takes that <laughs> afternoon siesta. And, uh, and
2: they, I, 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 had, I had some friends in Dallas when I lived there, and one guy was uh, English, and he had a, one of those English sense of humor. And his joke was that the Queen Mother and the Queen, right, back when the Queen Mother was alive, were having lunch. And the queen says, Oh, I'll have another glass of, you know, wine. And the Queen Mother says, Lilibet, do you think you should? After all, you have to rain all afternoon. You know? She has to rain. It's not like she has to go to the coal mine. So <laughs> I know that's still a joke. It's okay. You know,
1: but yeah, that's okay. Leave the comedy to the professionals, Doctor. Uh, you've always
2: said that. I keep trying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: our, our friend, our friend Miss Johnson would probably say the same thing.
2: <laughs> yes, she would, wouldn't she? Uh huh.
1: <laughs> but now the the other question we talked about yesterday, and we actually talked to a former NFL player who spent ten years in the league uh, playing defensive back and free safety. And we talked about CTE and the recent studies of the brains that were donated to the NFL. And my question to parents was, do you think you would let your kids play football, full contact, tackle football, knowing what we now know about CTE? And uh, his statement, doctor, was, look, the league is paying attention to it, obviously. And technology, he believes, will start making it better because a lot of these brains are from people who played in years when, when uh, the helmets weren't as good. So uh, yeah. w- what's your take on this controversy?
2: Um, my, my take is that definitely uh, the constant contact and the constant banging around of the brain. Remember, the brain is basically um, clay, if you want to, with maybe a half an inch or a quarter inch of fluid surrounding it, and then a very hard shell around it. So even the slightest jolt it is going to cause you know, some bruising, some damage. Uh, first of all, let me just say that I am a rabid uh, college football uh, fanatic of the University of Miami. So I love, love football. Um, you're right. And then those results are swayed by the fact that people that suspected something was going on donated, you know, that person's brains. I think that if I had kids that were playing football, they definitely have to wear the best helmet. I think there is an increased danger um, of them suffering some damage in the future. and And things do will probably improve. so it, it's it's up in the air. You know, my heart says, "Oh my God, you can't abolish football, but you have to really be sure, you know that that the kids are padded because I have no doubt that it does contribute in almost everybody to some degree. You know, some degree of, um, of brain damage.
1: Well, you so you know until you until you break it down and put that picture in somebody's head. So you're you've got your skull, which is the hard shell that we all think protects, and then there's sort of a water barrier that yeah very
2: thin water barrier yeah
1: yeah and and so it the brain will move when jostled, so it could Absolutely. slam against the wall of the inside of the skull. And there is a concussive effect that could damage some of that soft tissue in the very soft tissue. Very. And uh, yeah. I, I, you, have to, you have to be able to think about it in your head. Now, I'm, I'm a fan of football, and I, I don't want to see it go away. Oh, by the way, um, you said Miami?
2: University of Miami, Hurricanes. Yes, okay. sir. Okay,
1: I, I, think, I think Burgess Owens played for University of Miami.
2: I don't. I don't know if he did. Could be a lot of a lot of great football stars. He was a, a first Miami. round
1: draft pick of the New York yeah. Jets and and played uh, ten years in the NFL. And he's yeah. he's still rock solid. But my conversations with uh, Gale Sayers, the Chicago Bears great, it's like talking to a four year old and he can't write his own name now, and it's heartbreaking yeah, that's, because that's heart- his body still that is good.
2: heartbreaking. Yeah, that, that is very heartbreaking. I mean, I think personally, I I think some of the, the things that we've seen, even though, for example, Muhammad Ali has Parkinson's, I wonder how much, you know, of that constant beating, you know, that for example, a boxer takes. If you look now, and I am also a fan, you know, of believe it or not, of rodeo, and if if you look at bull riding, you know, now the bull riders are coming out with protective wearing protective gear, and a lot of the purists say, oh, that's not really bull riding. What happened to the old hat? Well, you know, the, come on, you're falling off of a bull, you know, and, and your, your head is being thrust forward, and and we really need, you know, to take care of the athlete first and foremost. Uh, yeah, well, and, and
1: anybody, and you and I are both fans of PBR. I, I know that, and and we've yeah. had those guys on this show talking about upcoming events and stuff, and anybody who says – wearing a helmet and or body armor when you get on a 1,500-pound angry animal is dumb, should take the bumpers off their car and not wear a seatbelt when they yeah. drive home because that's what already, they're saying.
2: Exactly. If, if they already say that, then they already have some damage. You know, it's, it's come on, where does the machismo end, you know, and the, the safety start? And we, we really need to look at that because, come on, a lot of the sports that we love are basically modern gladiator sports, and <laughs> yeah. there, there, it is, and there's a price to pay at the end of the day, so you can well, never be too safe. I, I
1: I always like to get the opinion of a professional after we spend the day yesterday talking about this stuff. Now, tonight, are you back on, uh, what is it, Collide? I, that-
2: I am. I am. I've lost another couple of pounds this week, and again, by doing moderate stuff, just of you know cutting down um portions cutting down certain fats i'm really moved by all the mail you know the email and the tweets that we're getting people telling their stories there've been people that have lost hundreds of pounds and and i think that's very motivating yes today i'm going live to the orange county fair where i'm going to be surrounded by fried oreos right fried butter mm. and mm. it's all about talking about how in that environment even then you can make wise choices what you should do and I have a a great guest star today her name is Barbara Venezia who had a she's sort of like the Lucy the I love Lucy of nutrition kind of a, a smart dinghy gal and she's a kick and she's lost 12 pounds and we're going to talk about her secret of how she did it so it's going well so please join us
1: Well, good. Join Dr. Jorge tonight. I think it's 5.30 Eastern, 8.30 on the West Coast on Collide.com.
2: The other way around. 8.30 on the East Coast, 5.30 on the West Coast on Collide.com. Yep.
1: Okay, good. 8.30 East Coast, 5.30 West Coast, Collide.com. And uh, I, I, I don't know how you refuse the funnel cakes. The, you know, that's one <laughs> serving, doctor. It's not meant to be cut up and split apart.
2: Please. Well, you know, come on. You know, moderation and everything. Maybe you can get a taste. But it's a slippery slope. It's like having a taste of heroin, you know.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. Uh, Dr. You're Jorge welcome. at drjorge.com. Wellness Wednesdays with our friend. It's all about common sense. And uh, being responsible and taking control of your own health. We'll talk again next week, sir. Thank you. I'd love it.
2: All right. Have a good week, everybody.
1: Take care. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just uh, before we got started today, I did what I do every day. I have a little lunch before the show. And unlike the queen, I do not have a cocktail. Sipping a big cup of uh, water at the moment. And then I take my relief factor. I've been taking relief factor since... April 7th of this year, and it was because I had pain in my knees, my back, my neck, my hips, and I was told that this uh, high-quality fish oil combined with essential nutrients would help. Physicians made Relief Factor, and they they used wild-caught fish oil and, and pure botanicals, and I will tell you it's helped reduce the inflammation in my knees and my hips and my back. To the point where I'm, I'm back doing a lot of the things I was doing before. I'm not running marathons, but I'm out taking longer walks and actually doing short runs. And I'm real happy about it. So is Patricia from Michigan, who called us to explain her success with Relief Factor.
2: At one time, I was in constant pain in my knees and hips. I'm 72 years old and thought, that's what happens when you get old. I heard about Relief Factor on the radio shows. To my surprise and relief, it took away my hurt. I can get out of bed easier in the morning, and even damp and rainy days don't bother me as much. I started out taking three doses per day, but now only take two. Thank you, Relief Factor, for letting me know about this wonderful product.
1: Well, you know, I started taking three a day, too, and, and I'm still taking three. And on days when I overdo it, I can take an extra and everything's fine. Check out the 3 week quick start pack. 3 weeks, 95 cents a day is what it works out to. It's 19.95 less than a cup of coffee a day. Go to relieffactor.com or call them 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Oh, well, we have a lot to get to today. I know, I know it's it's uh, we we've, we've had uh, this the story about how MSNBC got caught got caught telling, telling fibs or at least salivating over the lawsuit filed against Trump when they have been doing the same thing, and uh, we, we had uh, the proof. Uh, I, I was going to jump all over the story earlier about the um, dog anti-vaxxers, and then I know Glenn covered it a bit this morning, but it's too good not to cover. So when we get back, we will get into that story to show you the science deniers and then um, I have to get, I have to really get into this story about a uh, New Jersey security guard who did something quite unusual on his first day at the office, and it makes you wonder about the people who hired him. So uh, we, we've got a bunch to get. To. It's additional information that I was going to try and get into Dr. Jorge. Maybe I'll get it next week. But uh, surprisingly enough, if you like meat, beer, butter, salt, egg yolks and coffee, there may be some really good news for you. If you're a person whose diet consists of red meat, beer, butter, egg yolks, coffee and salt, I might have some really good news for you. Come on back after the break. I'll share.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, the, the midway point of the show, halftime. And um, I will tell you the, the vital question of the day is getting some interesting responses. As we brought up the fact that the penny, the Lincoln head penny was released on this day in 1909, and I incorrectly did the math. I think I said it was 118 years ago. That's a little wrong. It's 108 years ago. So thank you, Vast and Unpaid Resource Department, for correcting my math. Every now and then you miss one. But you guys are there to back me up. And uh, I, I appreciate it. But currently... 51% 51% of you say, keep the penny. And anybody who says, keep the penny, I say, are you a capitalist? Are you a capitalist? If the penny costs us money, why are we keeping it? And a lot of you have good reasons. 44% of you say, dump the penny. 5% of you say you, you can't really figure it out. But uh, some of you had some really good answers to this, and I appreciate you. Especially those who said, look, uh, if you ditch it, Mike Wiley said this, if you ditch it, all you do is increase prices, and the stores will round up, and 4 fifty one becomes four fifty five. Mike suggested we find a way to make a cheaper penny. Which, wouldn't that be interesting, if we could find a way to make a cheaper penny? I saw something at uh, Freedom Fest that I thought was very interesting. It was a company that found a way to create fractional gold, fractional gold. In other words, you don't have to buy a, a solid gold ounce and carry it around with you and that's worth, you know, whatever it is, 13, 1400 bucks, because how are you gonna use it if it has to be money? But they found a way to melt gold and spray it into a, a thickness of about, about a human hair. And it comes in in sizes of like oversized bills, and you can put anything on it. I I posted some pictures after Freedom Fest, but I, I should put, I'll post some more. But it's interesting because the weight is still important. It's a tenth of a gram, which means it's about four or five bucks at current value. So instead of carrying around ounces of gold, which you, how would you use them in transactions? you could carry around uh, like a wallet full of these four or five dollar bills and market conditions would would set the value. They had tenth of an ounce uh, or tenth of a gram, a quarter of a gram, and some uh, thicker ones that would be worth more. It's a fascinating take on it. And uh, I promised you this story, I'll get to this story on on nutrition. I. I want to get to the uh, affirmative action story, and we'll get to that at the bottom of the next hour, but we're also going to talk about uh, Big Brother. Yesterday I brought up the new iPhone 8 or the iPhone Pro, as it's being called in some communities, and one of the things I'm worried about is the fact that your phone will be looking at you more so than it ever has instead of having the fingerprint recognition on the phone, Apple is talking about putting a facial recognition into the phone so it will identify you that way. And I kind of got a creepy Big Brother feeling out of it, so I'm, I'm wondering if, if that's part of uh, the next package that we should be worried about. And we're going to talk to an expert and an author on that, somebody who knows a little bit about Big Brother. But as we just hung up with Dr. Jorge, I didn't even get to ask him a question on this, but I do know where he stands on one thing. It's been over 10 years that uh, I've been talking to Dr. Jorge about health issues and about how we are smarter in our health and our medicine. And he is a proponent of conventional medicine, but he's also a proponent of trying not to have a whole bunch of medicine in your system trying to manage yourself and eat right and eat better so you don't need medications. And I appreciate that. And we were talking about cholesterol and all the cholesterol drugs that are out there, because I think, I think that that drug, Crestor, had just hit the market when we first met. And we were talking about people with high cholesterol. And I said, it's because we're so dependent on eggs, isn't it? And he said, no. No, as a matter of fact, I would tell people to eat eggs, and uh, I said, you mean egg whites? Like, egg? No, he said, eat them all. Eat the whole thing. He described eggs as one of nature's perfect foods. And now new studies are showing that uh, he's right. In fact, egg yolks, long feared to be clogging people's arteries, are now showing to have some positive benefits. It's... It's now, according to the studies that have just been released by Karen Ansell, a New York-based registered dietitian and author of Healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging. That sounds good, doesn't it? Healing, healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging. She said, we now know it's saturated fat, not cholesterol, that raises levels of cholesterol in your blood. And an egg yolk contains about 1.6 grams of saturated fat. A mere tenth of what most people safely consume in a day. And those egg yolks also have vitamins D and B12 in them. So go ahead. Go ahead. Have a couple of boiled eggs. Have a couple of fried eggs. They also talk about salt. And we had New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg at one time was going crazy about the salt and the trans fats and was posting levels of salt and trans fats on menus everywhere. Now, they say this story by by Hannah Sparks, which is an interview with Karen Ansell, the author of this book, talks about excessive salt in the diet was once thought to trigger high blood pressure, hypertension, ratchet up the risk of strokes and heart attacks. And now we've learned that um, that can be sort of counteracted, buffered by potassium. The Canadian Journal of Cardiology study showed that that the dangers of salt are, quote, exaggerated. And in general, adults can have up to 6,000 milligrams of sodium per day with no ill effects. Now, a bunch of us eat 3,600 milligrams every day. So that means you have plenty of room. Put a little salt on the popcorn. Live a little bit. Now, what about red meat? I'm a proponent of of red meat in moderation. Now, the latest study out of Purdue University, and they studied more than two dozen clinical studies, and they found you can eat up to three, three three-ounce servings a week of red meat, and it doesn't affect the short-term cardiovascular disease risk factors. You know, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, and meat has protein. And niacin. And it, and it can be part of a healthy diet. Just don't do what the president does. They tell you one of the, one of the dumber things you can do to meat is, is cook it to well done to over grill it, for example, because blackened meat has dangerous compounds. But the same book, this same book by Karen Ansell, maybe we'll get her on, Healing Superfoods for Anti-Aging, Beer. Beer. That's right. You heard correct. They have emerging evidence that suggests an occasional pint of beer is not so bad for you. As a matter of fact, they found out, especially beer with a lot of hops in it, surprisingly high in silicon, a key contributor to bone strength. And in a six-year study that another university did at Penn State found that, uh, People who drank beer lightly to moderately retained higher levels of heart-healthy cholesterol over time than teetotalers did. Although women are advised to cap their intake at one beer per day. Men, you, you can have the second one. So beer, beef, egg yolks, What's what else? What's left? Butter? Ho-ho, what's this? Butter. Butter? Butter? will never be a health food they say but experts say it's not a bad way to dress up your vegetables they are now calling this a neutral food neither evil with no discernible link to strokes heart disease or diabetes but no better for you than margarine which often has harmful trans fats see i'm i'm a cook with butter guy butter beef beer eggs salt the only thing that's on here that I don't usually, I, I haven't had a cup of it in 30 years is coffee, because I'm a tea drinker. But now they have shown through another study, people who drink up to, are you ready? Six cups a day are less likely than coffee skippers to die of coronary artery disease. Six People that drink up to six cups of coffee a day, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of a caffeinated person in my life. I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of a person coming down the hall. Hi, want to go for lunch? I've already had my coffee today. Yes, you've already had six cups. I think you've had enough. But all the time, all these people are talking about their quinoa and their kale and their steamed vegetables, which I do like steamed broccoli with butter. Now, steak, beer, butter eggs, salt, and even whole dairy. Everything in moderation, but literally everything. We can all get off the gluten-free, unless it's doctor-ordered, vegetarian, unless you have some kind of a complex, and enjoy life. Have a good meal. And then meet me back here after the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Pyro Pelka. I love the do as I say not as I do stories. That's it's just wonderful. The day after the day after CNN had its Al Gore infomercial, Al Gore's climate change infomercial for his next movie, I please Academy, please people in Hollywood, don't give him another Oscar. I think, fortunately, enough of us are saying, all right, we're tired of this, enough of the yeah, we're done, we're done here. And, and if you go to The Blaze, you can see the, the video of the, the guy who's the mayor of the island that three weeks ago, might have been four weeks ago, whenever CNN was spending the weekend talking about all the climate change disasters, they spent time on this, this tiny island which uh, they said the residents of this island support Donald Trump. And they talked to the people and said, yeah, we support Donald Trump. And the people themselves were talking about the fact that it's not rising water. It's beach erosion that's taking their island. And if they had a seawall, they'd be fine. And yet the mayor, who's also a guy that's been a crabber, a crab fisherman for decades in his family on on that island, Faced off with Al Gore last night on CNN, and, you know, Al Gore's just going to get all snooty and try and insult the guy, but uh, there's a story out today that, that has uh, some pretty interesting facts tied to it, facts, Mr. Gore, God, he's, is he getting a square head? His head is looking more and more like a giant block of flesh than anything else to me, but I digress. Drew Johnson over at the Daily Caller, a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research, posted a piece about Al Gore and uh, pointing out the hypocrisy of the former vice president and how the hypocritical home energy use of the vice president is one of those do-as-I-say-and-not-as-I-do things. Al Gore's energy footprint has got to be massive got to be bigger than his shadow, bigger than his giant head. The former vice president, according to a new report from the National Center for Public Policy, the former vice president burned more energy to power his, his mansion than the typical American household would use for over 21 years. Al Gore. The typical American family uses 10,812 kilowatts of energy per year, according to the U.S. Energy Department. Al Gore consumed 230,889 kilowatts at his Nashville residence, which includes a home, a pool, a driveway that has an entry gate with electric meters. Last year alone in September, Gore gobbled up 30,993 kilowatts. That's enough to power 34 American homes for a month. And over the last 12 months, more electricity heated, heated his outdoor swimming pool than six homes would use in a year. So just to keep the Wawa in Al Gore's swimming pool warm would have heated a typical home six of them for a year. So I'm sorry, Academy Award-winning Al Gore. You, sir, are a juxtaprogressive hypocrite. I just don't believe that people keep buying this crap from these people. Do as I say, not as I do. My home devours 34 times the energy of an average house but you have to listen to me i need your energy so you must stop using it we'll be right back
0: pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network